The Reef Therapy Podcast is powered by ICP Analysis. If you'd like to win a free saltwater ICP analysis kit and a freshwater analysis kit, all you have to do is leave a comment down below using the hashtag what's in your water. If you're listening to the audio only version, head on over to YouTube and you can enter in the comment section there. ICP Analysis will test over 50 elements down to parts per trillion. These tests can also be used to see if there's any undesirable elements in your aquarium as well. Register your aquarium on the ICP Analysis app, fill your sample, place it back into the bag, slap on that included postage, and have your results one to three days after it's received. More at icpanalysis.com. Hi, everybody. It is Evie here with Reef Builders, and we are here for our second episode of Ladies Takeover Reef Therapy. How are you ladies doing this evening? Fantastic. Fantastic. Wonderful. Awesome. I am so stoked to be here um, tonight. I'm glad that we're all going to get to finally start getting this into our regular routines and get to know one another and talk about all the corals and fish and all that fun stuff that goes along with it. Um, how have y'all been doing since Aquashella? You guys been doing anything fun? Working. <laughs> Working. <laughs> Which I guess is fun if you're in the yeah, industry. Yeah, it is. More yeah. fun than other busy things. busy time now, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Does anybody have Christmas shopping done? No. No? I'm not done yet either. I'm on top of it this you're year done? and I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I procrastinate a little bit because uh, I dread the wrapping process. I'm just not a good wrapper. It's bad. It's like, it's like T-Rex-esque, so I just tried to delay it as much as possible. <laughs> uh, That's fantastic. Well, so I, um, I definitely wanted to check in with you ladies and talk about a little bit of the comment section from our first episode at the show. And Sarah, you got a lot of people interested in your Caribbean corals. So why don't we just let you do like a little cool, you know, knowledge drop on some stuff. And we'll see where that takes us. Yeah. Uh, so my fun Caribbean coral facts. Uh, one of the biggest differences of Caribbean coral compared to Indo-Pacific coral that we found out pretty early on was how heavy feeders they are. Um, so most of our coral, we were having to feed them four to five times a week, a mixed variety of different foods, everything from powdered to frozen. And that was really um, critical in helping, to them re- helping them recover um, from damage that had occurred when within travel and just from being in the ocean, which is not always a nice stress-free environment. And then something else that was really interesting uh, was just the reaction to alkalinity. So I think a lot of times we think about coral really doing well in that range of 8 to 12. And if you want more growth, you push it closer to the 12. But for these guys, anything above 8, 8.5 DKH, they really hate. Uh, they really just all start getting super mad and letting you know that that is not what they want. And so a lot of our coral, we have to keep down in like the 6 to 7 DKH range for them to really start thriving and growing, which is so wildly different from Indo. Yeah, that's so that's so, so different. So then does that mean that you guys also had to create like totally different lighting, you know, parameters for them as well? Because maybe they get burned easier to go along with that? You would think, but some of these coral can handle like 600 par. 
when they're out in the ocean. So like nice. some of the, the pillar corals, for instance, are kept in greenhouses down in Florida where they're at some points of the day getting like 600 par. If it's acclimated appropriately, coral does have a pretty big capacity for being able to accept brighter light spectrums. It's just, you have to acclimate it. And I think that's the biggest step people miss is that you can bring coral kind of up or down. Another thing too, is that we've seen that they tend to really like blue light spectrum, which is something we do see in Indo, but they need to be in kind of that warmer light, more like sunlight uh, for when they're reintroduced into the wild. So you actually try to keep them under whiter lights. Yeah, you don't want to spoil them. So yeah, whenever they're under the blue, do they, because like, I haven't really seen any like display tanks or anything set up, obviously, with Caribbeans in there. Do any of them have any fluorescent capabilities that just kind of blows your mind or are they all pretty muted? Um, no, we do see fluorescence, which is surprising. Like our use Melia, um, my, my favorite baby, um, does have some glow up tendencies. Uh, <laughs> so we do see some fluorescence. <laughs> there was also to a point where we had some Acroporus cervicornis, so the staghorn coral. And those actually, we surprisingly had some green fluorescing pigmentation within them, which is kind of weird. Um, oh, it's not, I don't think that that, um, fluorescing protein is as prevalent or as common. Some of our mycetophilia, usually that green pigment will see the fluorescing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're not getting anything like wild and orange and neon pink. I was very curious about that because I was like, they all seem like they're so beautiful, but they all seem just in general, like very muted tones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was being nice. I think muted, but yeah, yeah they are. I know They're what I like love. Gray. <laughs> I love them for who they so are. Like How do you brown? <laughs> I have a question though, because like when with especially when you work with them, when you're feeding so heavily, how do you keep like heavy in, heavy out? Like yeah, what is, what's like, the water change and so stuff like? It's usually just weekly water change. Because I'm curious if that. Okay. But um, we're working in a very different style of system. So for us, they're bare bottom systems with live rock. There's no fish. So we don't really have to worry as much about the nitrates and the phosphates spiking. We do keep an eye on them, um, particularly phosphates. They seem to be a little bit more finicky around than the nitrates specifically. And over time, we did back down the feeding. So now it's about two times a week to three times a week. But early on, they just seemed like they really responded well. And we got really good tissue growth, which was what we needed at the time to really help them recover. So I think that, again, really goes back to your coral will fluctuate depending on their needs and what's going on in your system. So if you're at a time where you do have stress or damage or things like that, that you need to account for, you may want to look at some changes to your nutritional regimen because you can help support the coral without mm -hmm. like long-term damaging the nutrient levels in your tank. It's, it can also, it can be a way to like adjust. And I think we, stability is really important. And I will always say you want a stable tank, not to chase numbers, but there is also an ebb and a flow and a season to your tank. So depending on what's going on, you might make adjustments accordingly. Oh, that's yeah, a really good I, point. I completely agree. I was just really curious about that because 
We've, like, I know at New Wave, like, we heavily feed our corals, but we heavily have to filter. Yeah. So I was just curious on like, a larger scale how you do. Filtration is, yeah, is really key. So we try and pull as much uneaten food out as possible with mechanical filtration. And we've got an oversized skimmer on it to just strip more stuff out. But it's usually just consistent weekly water changes, usually 20%. Um, so nothing crazy. And Overall, the system's about 300 gallons, and it has, like, 20 coral in it and then some cleaner crew, right? So it's, like, not – the bio load in that system is so low that it – So then you can't – And the cleaner crew has to be all locals as well, right? What was that? Your your cleanup crew has to be all locals as well, Yes, so we had to get cleanup crew ahead of the disease zone. And uh, our cleanup crew is all still the same cleanup crew we received in 2019, um, December 2019. And we still have urchins, hermit crabs, snails, all kinds of little critters from that original shipment. We never received a second shipment. So, Oh, wow. Hmm, That's awesome. That's really awesome. It's amazing when they have like no predators and no random puffers trying to like. I was thinking that, yeah, just. (laughs) And yeah, add a puffer or, or a trigger or yeah. something in there or a hawk. I was just thinking about that. I was like, well, <laughs> there's nothing in there really to pick on them. And there's yeah. not really anything really for them to get stuck behind and like pinned into rocks mm-hmm. and then just, you know, lost because fade you don't away. See it. It's a different yeah, way to keep a tank. Too. And it's because the purpose of the tank is purely like research and conservation focused. But it, like, it's not. I won't say it's the prettiest tank, right? You're not replicating a reef, but there is a beauty to having these isolated corals on like discs where you can really see mm-hmm. like a 360 of them. And it's a different experience and it's has its ups and its perks and it has its cons. So it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I like low boys. Like whenever I think about doing a low boy ever, I'm just like, I just want to be able to make sure I can see everything from the top. If I turn everything off, I can see it through the size of the glass. I can easily get in there and examine anything if I want to. And I can see that it's very, very beneficial from that aspect that you guys are working on to be as close and monitoring everything as possible. But you guys do have some big vats that go along with that program too, which is very cool. Give her time, you know, like a heavy feeding around your water change, like for service, I'll come in and I'll do a feeding before Mm -hmm. I clean the tank sometimes and I can feed extra heavy on that particular feed or maybe put multiple different items in because I know I'm going to be pulling some of it out or do you wet skim? Do you guys pull and wet skim? Yeah, so we'll sometimes wet skim um, both intentionally and unintentionally Uh, and then... (laughs) Because uh, I think we've all we done all? that. <laughs> um, but yeah, timing is really critical. So giving them sometimes even doing like a night feed. So feeding the day before you know you're going to be doing a water change. So before we leave, we'll throw some food in the tank and then the next morning do a water change. So it gives an opportunity for um, those coral that have more of those nocturnal feeding strategies to still be able to get their food um, and allow us again. To, to snag that food out of there really before it starts to mineral go through kind of that mineralization breakdown that leads to nitrates. Right. So did you say you guys have certain schedules for feeding? Like like at three o'clock, it's a feed time? Or- um, we try not to be that rigid uh, just because it's, usually it's like this is a feed day. 
Um, so sometimes it depends on who's doing work on the system. Um, we have a volunteer who's been consistently helping us on the system for uh, two to three years, Ty, who's fabulous. Uh, and sometimes we'll change the regimen based on days that he's in. Our aquarist, um, Heather, sometimes she's doing work on it. So it really just depends on who the person is and their particular style. Uh, so we have some fluctuations, but I think that sometimes does benefit the coral because they get a variety of feeding strategies. Um, some will work better for certain species than others. So it helps kind of spread the love a little bit. Well, yeah, and even in the ocean, I mean, it's it's random. They don't get to have a schedule. So that actually works out pretty good, I'm sure. Plus, yeah. if you forget, you can be like, hey, go over there. This still needs to be done. It's not checked off on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's, right, like. That's why I was curious. Yeah. When you said schedule, because I was like, wow, that is. Oh, it's. <laughs> better than any of us can do normally. <laughs> but I like, I, I mean, I do the same thing with maintenance. I mean, obviously both of us doing maintenance on a daily basis for lots of fish tanks. I feed really heavy before I do water change, big water changes, like even today. I mean, we, I will target feed all my acanthos or my sanarinas or schoolies, whatever, um, my acans even, and then, you know, anything that's left over that gets knocked out by this stupid gem tang that I have to beat basically with the turkey baster but from away oh you know i mean it doesn't matter this thing will not it's absolutely relentless like it's like pretty shy until i bring out the turkey baster and then it just follows me and then just eats off it's like when people say that cleaner shrimp are super pesty with feeding corals no tangs are too but yeah so then i just do big water changes um, to siphon out any of the extra stuff because I do feed LPS pellets as well, like the, so to my um, my larger LPS corals, and so it allows me to do that without having to to monitor. I mean, I always test to I take a water sample obviously first before I do that, and then see where I'm sitting to decide what water like what water change size I'm going to do. But I've seen that a lot of my ganis um, with feeding a lot have. I mean, we brought a lot back from Indonesia, but we've had ones for years and years and years now that we've cut several times. And that's one of those corals that's like kind of nerve wracking. So sometimes they do well, sometimes they don't. Yeah, for sure. So do now, do you, the same? do you all like to turn off all your flow and then just like put all the food in? Or do you all like to keep it running? Depends what food for me. Like, I don't really turn it off when I do frozen, but if I'm doing coral spot food, like, yeah, cor yeah cor instance, coral feeding, then I will turn it off. I did too. I would turn it yeah. off and I just, I'd like take my time. I'd let it all just like have like a <laughs> suspension buffet and then I'd go like yeah. mix my water. Like I wouldn't be in any rush. I'd be like, yeah, y'all got like a good 30 minutes before I come back and take it away from you. <laughs> so... Yeah, you can see it getting blown right out if you turn it on I'm, too quick. Yeah, they're not getting anything. Yeah, yeah, they take for it, and some corals take forever, and mm -hmm. some take it right away. Mm -hmm. So it gives them that opportunity. Plus, I mean, it, I've done a couple time ups videos where you can like I watch a chalice. Oh yeah, That's all really of them bubble up and start eating it. I love those videos. Yeah, it's that that I uh, that was really really interesting. I think that's what first got me into into coral because I started in freshwater and I actually got hired at a shop that was mostly saltwater at the time. They were getting ready to 
put in fresh water. So they were like, well, we'll just teach it to her as we go. And the guy that was training me fed a, you know, piece of mice shrimp or something to a scoli and it blew my mind. Like I was like, where did that go? Like, where is it? He's like, it's, in its stomach, like in it's the in body it. of the core. Well, and if you don't sit I there and watch, it's gone. It's mouth butt. It's in the mouth yeah, butt. that's what I call but it. It's mouth it. butt. Because kids are always like, where does it go? Where does it come back out? Yes. I'm like, in, in like, where's his mouth? Right there. This where's is a one enter, right one exit situation. <laughs> yeah. I was officially yeah. fascinated. I was like, okay, coral. Yep, I'm going to do this. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That was amazing. We're just <laughs> so mouth butt. Yeah, Real quick, yeah. I don't like want to circle back too far, but Sarah, the coral that you have now, are you still getting imports like more coral or are you guys done? Like you have your coral, it's there and you're waiting for a release time to ship them back out to the ocean. Uh, yeah, so our coral are the same coral we received in 2020. We do have a couple little um, gemmas, like little pieces that um, it's a it's a form of asexual propagation um, that they kind of like the tissue like drips off. Um so we have a couple of skin tags. Yeah, but j- exactly. The little skin tags. Um, so we have a couple of those. Uh, we might eventually get some coral from another institution if they're trying to make space for different coral. Most the disease band has hit hit the tor- dry tortuga. So all the Florida reef track is exposed to the disease now. So any coral moving is going to just be moving within the project itself. Um, some facilities do have coral that came from the disease zone called endemic coral. And those coral are the ones they want to breed with our coral. So we have the healthy coral that were pulled pre-disease. And then endemic coral, which survived the disease. And the goal is to breed the genetics of the healthy coral with the coral that survived so that you have these offspring that when they return to the ocean, they don't just like instantly die because they aren't prepared for this disease so the hope is to try and create coral that's more resilient to it i love that i think that that's such a huge gateway to future understanding for coral genetics is whenever we start really getting to dive into some of that stuff because there's so much unknown and there's so much that we don't yet understand with what happens with all the transfer and the back and forth and just even from tank to tank, like Mm -hmm. tank to tank stuff, like on the molecular cellular level, all that stuff. It's, it's mind blowing because everybody's got different vibes going on, whether, you know, their tanks five years old or it's five months old. There's just something different than everything. So that's dope. So Chelsea, what have, what have you been up to? Were you doing maintenance today? Did you do anything fun? Yes, I (laughs) had a route that's pretty far out. (laughs) So this is my maintenance. I have a couple maintenance days that are long days, and Wednesday is my one long day because I travel out like an hour and a half, and I do a couple tanks at a time. And one of the tanks is an innovative 75 that INT that is new, and he had a biocube, and so we've been slowly transferring his it's been up for, um, well, I say new, it's been up for a month, but we've kind of been letting it cycle and do its thing because it has new rocks. So kind of going through the new, you know, new tank syndrome on some of that stuff. And we broke down the bio cube and got rid of that. I mean, it was like, there was salt creep on the seams, like it was about to bust. So he was like forced into a new tank. But, um, 
so it's a a long route just because so much stuff is new on that route and then you know correct me if i'm wrong but to me it seems like cyano seasonally appears yes it totally does when we start maybe that's the terminology we use fall winter it seems like you'll get a bloom then summer you know spring into summer i would feel like i always got a bloom yeah and so i'm not you know saying it's because of the seasons but that's what we call it and sometimes it um it happens in like a time range where it's like okay i have three tanks with cyano now so that's fun (laughs) So it's just that kind of time of year where you're trying to manage multiple different things popping up and it just ends up being a long, a long day. Yeah. And then you've also got, you know, people asking, why is this happening? It literally appeared overnight or my tank was flawless for so long. And there's just, there is certain times I felt like also during the year where I'd be like, oh, the sun's just, it's hitting differently. Here comes, you know, all the red. Yep. It, it's coming. I can see it. I would start to see the little spider webs like first form and you get that little pink tint. And I was like, there it is. All the temps are dropping. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> and for I new hobbyists, of- it's, go ahead. Or I think a lot of it actually um, has to do with the changes in like the water table for seasons. Um, And it potentially can, um, you know, even though we're using RO and all the other stuff, I I don't know. I I don't have any scientific basic or or like background on that, but um, I've seen that water parameters, I think there's, it's got to be something to do with the water table because it does affect, um, I know like the chemical, like the, each city has their own way of treating things like chloramines versus uh, chlorine and all that. You'd think that that might have something to do with it as well. I can totally see that. And it's just kind of like the freak out factor with people when that happens mm-hmm. is like, I have some people that are like, they immediately want to chemi clean. I'm like, just hold on, just hold on a second. <laughs> Let's just see where we're Let at. Let it ride out we go for a week or chemicals so. In the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of managing everybody's, um, reactions during the holidays because you know they want their tanks to look good when their family comes but at the same time i'm like if we do this now it'll be good for a week but then you might see something else pop up because if there's not one something else is going to pop up right Mm -hmm. so let's just hold on see if we can manage it clean it i'll time it so that your tank is pretty clean before people are coming and then we'll go forward with our plan stay on the plan stay on the plan yeah I, yeah. I'd rather deal with cyano than like a lot of the other ailments. Like I, I like, you know, oh, yeah. bubble algae and hair yeah. algae. I know. Like, I'd rather have Dino. cyano all day yeah. <laughs> over those guys. Oh yeah. Now I, I'm at the point where I'm like cyano. Yeah. Like I'm not worried. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like I got this. Well, it's nature so loves good. a vacuum. So when you create space in a tank where you suddenly mm-hmm. like kill off a bunch of stuff, that has kind of within the natural ecosystem of your tank risen up like you create this vacuum and you Mm -hmm. don't know who's gonna fill it like it could be anybody possibly (laughs) something like you're like kind of playing algae roulette here (laughs) you know you're devil and it is we want to say like when you look at it, you want to say that's cyano, but it might, it's probably three different things. It's probably some diatom, some cyano. There's probably some hair algae that died off that the cyano is now attached. Like we can't just be like, it's cyano. So I'm going to dump chemical in there. Mm-hmm. Chemiclean is, you know, an all fixed solution because there's probably something underneath there or something, like you said, something else is going to pop up. So 
hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, well, additionally to that, other than them, like see, having like, you know, type a uh, seasonal change with the cyano, if we want to loop it into there, but now you've got people that are wanting to entertain because the holidays are coming and what do they want to do? They want to add fish. They want to add coral. And now, so you're adding to the bio load yes. and you're just like, Oh, We've got a lot going on here. That is, <laughs> and yes, now they're feeding. That is, they're I mean, feeding even more because, like, well, I have like three new fish. That means that's definitely you know extra food that's got to go in. So everything's already trying to equalize along with the holidays with you. <laughs> I just call that like holiday syndrome for your tank. Like it's just all self-inflicted issues that you create upon yourself oh. while trying to make the perfect tank for your guests. <laughs> right. Yes. I've cleaned tanks while people's families, their whole family is sitting in the living room and I'm there cleaning. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And they, they watch, watch you. Yes. Yeah. I am the entertainment. Yeah. Because yes. yes. normally I think to myself, oh, they don't want me in their house right now. Mm -hmm. It's holiday, the week of whatever holiday. No, it's okay. Come clean the no, tank. Yeah, they, and I get there it, and the whole Yeah, it is. is. It's like a whole family <laughs> event. And then you. And they have like their list of questions. They're like, okay. So, yeah. why does, you know, whatever, do How this, does or why does that poop? do that? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's the mouth butt. Butt. <laughs> It actually throops. It's mouth butt. <laughs> oh, that's. I think, like, he's a throop. It's a throop. It's a throw of poop. <laughs> it's a mouth butt. That's the other part of service that it's like you have to learn how to educate on the fly, mm -hmm. right? Because you had your armpit deep in salt water trying to like not not knock stuff over and you've got questions going on which i love it but it's a whole other aspect mm -hmm. of multitasking yeah oh absolutely, absolutely because you're like okay wait a minute here because they're like i gotta show you this picture and they're like i got water here i got water here i got water on the floor now and so yeah, yeah. but i i know that that too like the last several weeks um you know everybody's preparing um, and then they want to, and then you get the people that come in the store and they mean well, and they're like, well, you know, so-and-so loves fish. I want to buy them a fish for Christmas. Oh so yeah. Like, yeah. The gift, fish the, the like, fish Please gifts. don't do that. Mm -hmm. Gifting. Of yeah. Fish and like, there's yeah. this really thing, it's really awesome thing. It's called a gift card mm -hmm. that they can choose. Yes. Fish yeah, gift cards. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, I'll, I'll likely go to several different accounts where my, my staff will like come January 1st, we'll be like, where did that fish come from? Oh, you know, Aunt Betty got me this what? for Christmas. It's like, no, yeah. now your whole tank is sick, or that one doesn't get along with that one, or that, we were talked about puffer yeah. before the before the podcast, but, um, you know, that's going to eat all your coral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, like, that kind of ties into what we were talking about in our chat of, maybe things that you shouldn't have in your tank if you're not a certain level hobbyist or reef keeper because and that happens when your relatives buy you things because they just don't know mm -hmm. like i right. just was on one of the forums and they're like i got they're literally holding up a bag of nudibranx and they're like the velvet nudibranx and like mm -hmm. i got these from my relative bought me these from the store what do i do with them yeah so you know there are some things that just don't belong yet or ever. Mm -hmm. And I think we sure. all have our own list of those things yeah. that may be controversial, but, and maybe personal, but there are some things that if, you know, I get to the point where I open a store, I probably will never stock them. Yeah. Uh, there's several things. And every time I go somewhere, 
and I dive, there are additional species that I absolutely will not. Like this last trip to Indonesia, I got to see ribbon eels. I haven't ordered a ribbon eel and I don't think I've ever ordered a ribbon eel, but I will never have a ribbon eel. Um, they're just so delicate in the store. They're so delicate and it's so hit or miss Mm -hmm. if they're going to do well. Mm -hmm. Well, and they, you know, they're just, same with Moorish idols. I mean, they've always been my favorite fish. Um, I have a tattoo of a Moorish idol that I got when I was 18, you know, it's just, but they do not survive in captivity. And I just, I will not, I will not get them. Yeah. It's very tough. And I almost, I, I know that. So in the position of service, if someone asks me, for a certain thing. And I don't think it's a good idea. I will express that I don't think it's a good idea, but it's their aquarium. So at the end of the day, if they want it, they're going to go out and buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it is our responsibility, especially for store owners sometimes to just not stock them. You can ask for them. You can ask for a special order and then we'll have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe we still ordered at the end of the day, but it's almost our responsibility to maybe not stock certain things or heavily educate Mm -hmm. on certain things because a lot of times it's just people don't don't know i mean i know that with myself when i first got into the hobby i had a uh i just really wanted a horseshoe crab just really wanted it but i had a like 20 long aquarium and i didn't know how clumsy they are and they're just bulldozers and you would get stuck to my power head and people might hate on me for this but this is just something you learn Mm -hmm. as a newbie you you learn Mm -hmm. that and you don't do it again yeah but so now those of us that have done that can now say, mm, maybe not a great yeah, idea. I wanted a those sand are, dollar really bad. That... I was like, oh, I'm getting saltwater tank. I cannot wait to have a sand dollar. And then I started doing research. And I was like, I'm not going to keep a <laughs> like, sand Oh, they're dollar? filter feeders? <laughs> what is wrong with me? I can't yeah, do that. Yeah, are great. One of my favorite stories when I worked at the, the, the pet store was this guy who came in. And he was talking to us about how he needed to get a tank. This, he was like, I need the biggest tank you have because I know this guy and he's going to get me a box jelly. And we're like, a box jelly? The itty bitty teeny weenies guys? He's like, yeah, it's the deadliest jelly and I need a huge tank. He had no idea what it was. And we didn't stock it, obviously. But it was just like someone coming in with no understanding of the animal, but they were adamant that they had to have it because it was the deadliest, but it's the biggest, it's the coolest. Like you get all these things. And I think it's really hard sometimes to coach those people into making a good choice. Uh, But, and it's exhausting. So like, I I always recommend to people who are new to the industry or new to the hobby, like come in as an open cup. Like, learn things, Mm -hmm. ask questions, be open to the fact that what you want might not work for you now. But once you've learned the basics, one day you could have that thing potentially if you learn enough. Um, So it's really tough to be told no or you shouldn't do something. But if a a business is telling you that you shouldn't spend your money on something, like, to me, I feel like that's such a green flag for a yeah Mm -hmm. for like a local fish store Mm -hmm. if someone's adamantly like i don't want to take your money because i don't think this is a good idea (laughs) like listen to them because it's probably true and they want you to be successful Mm -hmm. because if you're successful you'll stay in the industry if you make poor choices if you have debts of these animals you really were excited about that most people shut down their tank 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like my sales pitch. I'm like, you know what? I would love to take your money today. However, I want to take your money tomorrow as well. And if I sell you this, you will not be successful and you will get out of the hobby and then you'll stop spending money. And this is really about me. <laughs> this is a me thing. And if you're really passionate about it, snap. If you're and really passionate they look at me about like, it. They're like, she might be serious. I'm like, I'm sort of serious. I mean, I, obviously I... I I want people to be successful, but sometimes you got to make it, you got to dumb it down to like, Mm -hmm. okay, now, now then like, oh yeah, I'm making this decision. It's my, yeah, it's your decision. I'm not trying to stop your decision. I'm just trying to give you all the facts so you can make the best decision for you and for me because I want your money. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. It's like, I want you to be successful. I want, and and I'm. And above all, they're animals. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like when you want mm-hmm. a bicolored parrotfish in your 55-gallon, the answer is no. And will I special order it for you? No. Because, you know, they uh, if you've ever seen them in the wild, they're like this big. Yeah. Yeah. They no, they're huge. Or yeah. panther groupers. Yeah. And, Did you ever get in, like, the panther groupers? They come in. They're oh, this big. I know. They're, they're so cute when they're babies. And then as mm-hmm. adults, I mean, they're cool. Yep. They're kind of ugly as adults, but like, they're also 24, two feet, three feet long. Yeah. And they eat everything. They do take everything. That's the and other then, thing. I don't want it back. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the, oh, I'll no. just bring it back when it gets big. No, you it's won't. Like, no, don't. I don't want, I, I don't want it back. Like that isn't even a thing. So panther groupers or sweet lips. Um, yeah, you know, I've all used those... that line this week. <laughs> don't uh, give it back. I don't want it back. <laughs> this is a you problem now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I think that's what people do when they, I mean, there is a such thing. I call it MTS or multiple tank syndrome where, you know, people do end up getting bigger and better mm-hmm. tanks down the line. But don't start with, you know, a 10-gallon with, you know, a, hip, a blue hippo tank and say, well, I'm going to get this or, you know, yeah. I'm going to do this. That's just. It, you're just setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> Don't go into it with that mindset. And I, I think like if you are truly passionate, you're a new reefer and you come to me and you say, I want to get a shark. Okay, how big's your tank? If you're not ready for it at that time, but you're truly passionate about it, if in a year from now you still want that shark, you will have the tank, you will have that knowledge of how to take care of mm-hmm. it, and then you can get a shark. It won't go away if you truly want a shark, but sometimes it's a whim right well and you know if you yeah. if you're if you can't have it now it'll maybe go away if you just calm down a little bit and that's where the multi-tank <laughs> syndrome comes in because now you're like well this tank's doing good but i'm going to add this one for this specifically i enjoy those right. stories so much because you get to talk to people that are like yeah so i really wanted this set of clowns over here but i really wanted some maroons <laughs> but they're terrible mannered and then this tank i just said no clowns i didn't want any but they wanted to keep everything else up and running and you're just like nice <laughs> yeah water change day yes, is rocking. And then, i mean then you get to have yeah the best of both worlds like like you know you can do a fish only tank my husband mm-hmm. Obviously, he collects, you know, rare angelfish. And, you know, they're not, no matter what he tells me, our masked angels are not going, they're not really. No, they're not. I no. don't care. I've, I've tried them in two. They're not. I've, I've watched them, physically watched them eat corals. So it's over. Um, same with even like our, our captive raised regals. They, they just, they really like chalices and zoos. I mean, and now they like. My favorite so things. I know. So now they 
get to live in an SPS system, which is yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, I they're mean, still many they're still in a beautiful environment. So yeah, and they can them. be in a beautiful fish only as mm -hmm. well. But I mean, it wouldn't. We're fighting over now that our tank, like we're, we have an empty six. Yeah, your big one. I mean, I was there when. Yeah, they our big tank. I was say this it sounds like amazing. a source of contention. <laughs> it's here. amazing. Well, no, it's been in the garage for four years because we can't decide fish only or reef. Well, it's going to be a reef tank because I'm the one that's going to be taking <laughs> care of it. Yeah. And I mean, we all know happy wife, happy life now. But he does love his um, his rare an or his angels. And I wish I could put that. I mean, obviously, they deserve to have a, a huge 600-gallon tank to swim around in. But they can stay in the tank at the store then. And Otherwise so you're telling me there is a perk to having a partner that does not care at all about your fish tank, <laughs> which is you can do whatever you no want. No contention. Yeah, because you can. So, so yes. Yeah, so Doug and I, like he is, so when I explain our relationship, I'm like, he is a hobbyist and I am a business owner. So we cannot do water changes together <laughs> because he does a water change like a hobbyist, which water everywhere. Could, Water everywhere. It's messy. It doesn't have, there's no rhyme or reason. He like, oh, he's over here. And then he's over there. And it's like four hours later. And I'm like, all right, we haven't even like mixed water. And, you know, I'm done with this. Like, I've been doing this all day. I don't want to do this. And so then he's just like, wait, you're rushing me. And I'm like, okay, you do you. And then the next time, so then we do split water changes. So like on Sundays, we would do our water changes. So it's like, I will go down and I will do all of the the other uh, like the the main tank stuff. Like I'll feed them and I'll LG and whatever. And his job was skimmers. And at that time we had filter socks on. We have roller mat, but um, you know you have all that. And I'm like, you do that because you can tinker and move around and talk to them all day long. I just want to get the main stuff done and move on with my day. <laughs> and I'm over here like, how do you turn on the RODI unit again? <laughs> It's just the thing behind the washing machine. The float valve oh will turn gosh. it off. How much do I put in there? The ATO is a little marker, that little thing in there that sits in there, that leveler. So that's my that's the opposite. And I could there put a thousand dollar fish in my tank and it would never be <laughs> nice. You got me and Sean where we're just like, Hey, did you turn on the RO unit? Mm, no. Yes, yes I did. Five hours ago. Oh God. That's what <laughs> You have your automatic shut off like, though, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh no, don't do that. Yeah, no, it's yeah, we it's it's chilling like in the garage. There is definitely yet. pros and cons, but I actually think it's a, a very uh I mean it's kind of odd topic, but it's a cool topic. It's like who, I you know, that. I always talk about it when when my customers come in. It's like, are you here because you love the hobby? Or I always say, are you guilty by association? Yeah. Because, like, generally you'll have it, somebody that's like, oh, I just don't want to be here. Like, Or you'll have, you know, the husband-wife team where they both are like, this is our thing. Or it wasn't totally my thing, but then I fell in love with it at the same time. I love it whenever but one introduces the other. And then it's like, well, <laughs> he or she doesn't let me touch their tank. So... I'm going to buy my own tank. And then like, they don't tell oh, the I other one. So and then times. they just show up with the other tank and they're just like, did you know that they were coming in and, and buying a tank? And I'm just like, I, I thought mm -hmm. you knew. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I just work here. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm not your marriage like, counselor. Yeah, I, I, have, I have clients. <laughs> no, I have, a, a, actually they're great clients and they're actually really good friends too. But 
she wanted her own tank and or she wanted to she always wanted to buy something to put in his tank and he was very particular about what went in there so she started her own and they're super super competitive and it's funny but i mean sometimes i'm like nervous it makes me like anxious when i go there because you know like if something's wrong with his tank and not with her tank then he's mad you know it's just it gets awkward <laughs> it's like the funniest the funniest stories though like i'll have uh my husband tell when people come over to the house i'll be like why don't you tell them what fish and corals we have in here and he's like this is um baslim and this is, and I'm like, basslet, that's a basslet. <laughs> and I just love to hear his made up words for whatever these corals are and whatever the fish are. <laughs> Sometimes the nicknames are cool and you're just like, oh, that was actually a really good one. Yeah, I like that. Maybe they I'll, come up I'll with something quirky. He did learn not to name them. Oh, yep. Yeah. He learned not to name them. But don't call them gobbies because they're not gobbies. They're gobies. I can't yeah, handle I, that. When people come in, they're like, I have a... You know, or blemmy, like I, I it's not even. What about like a chiclet? I was gonna say. Oh uh, yeah, the like chiclets. I I <laughs> I win on that one though, because my brother used to work at Petco, and he had a guy come in and he asked. They asked for an African chinchilla. Oh, I've heard. Like, yeah, we had that happen well, before. And we're like, what? So so he's like, well, they're like, I need Special food order. for my African chinchilla, and so he's like, brought him to the small animal section. They're like, no, it's a chinchilla. He's like in a glass cage. I'm like, uh, and my and my brother was so confused, and he's like, "It's a fish," and he's like, "A cichlid." He's like, "Yeah, cichlid, chinchilla, whatever." It's like, what? <laughs> well, I used to a understand it. Like, that's a new there's, one. There's a whole thing about if you read complex words and you've never heard it said out loud. That, yeah. Like, that the reason you might mispronounce is because you've never heard it said like a lot of latin names, right. mm-hmm. names i had a professor who's like just say it with confidence and it's probably right um because it's a dead language like it's fine just say a scientific name with confidence but mm-hmm. this day and age when we have so much available to us with like all the fish stream <laughs> and youtube videos and there's so many wonderful resources out there that i think it's it's so shocking to me that there's still people who co- go into these stores and yeah, we'll just make like they just it just shows I think that you didn't do your research at all. And that's telling for us when we're trying to get you set up. Well, it's like, Google oh, has that tool, know. right? Oh, yeah. Like doesn't Google have it? that tool? Where yeah. You, like talking. Yeah. To yeah. Or it's like, how do you say this? Was... Yeah. I need to do that more often because I'm very guilty of just botching the English language in general. <laughs> but <laughs> I was I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say this. Is it Wantanabe Angel or Wantanabe? Is it Wantanabe? What? what is it? I thought it was Wantanabe. That's Wantanabe. Thought, but I guess Wantanabe. Wantanabe. Yeah. yeah. I'm I sure we'll we'll hear it in the comments. <laughs> but I mean, I I got nailed we'll, we'll on one out. of the yeah, videos we'll I did because I said I said Scully versus Scully, and someone said, "Oh, you know, I can't listen to you because you don't know how to pronounce it. You obviously don't know what you have." Like, oh, it's like some down. people say Acropora, some say Acropora, or like, yeah. I think that's different than than an African chinchilla. Yeah, African chinchilla. So, and so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't <laughs> even nuance. have like the same. There's nuance to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where sometimes it's just you have to learn how to translate some of the other things. You're just like, okay, what? You're yeah. trying to dialect like that. comparatively to just sheer zero research. 
Uh, I bet honestly, <laughs> yeah, like just come in with like a good attitude, like that you're excited. Like if you don't know or you don't understand something, if you come to me at a store and you're like, look, I'm pretty sure I'm saying this wrong or I'm not sure if this is the right way to pronounce it, but I'm really interested in this animal and want to learn about how to keep it. And you mispronounce mm-hmm. it chiclet. Like I'm going to come at you with so much more compassion and want to educate yeah. you than if you come in and you're like, I don't care what you want to say. I want an African chinchilla. I think it's in a glass box, maybe <laughs> with or without water. Like it's, it's just a different vibe in how you approach it. I think that's something too, when you come into the, the hobby and the industry is come in with a good attitude, come in with wanting to learn and, and be educated. And I think you get back what you put out. So if you're having really negative experiences with store after store after store, maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe you need to change your approach. <laughs> I always love it whenever oh, they would, would say leave, it. Like, you'd be like, oh, you actually said it right. And they would just light up. They'd be like, yes. Yes. Yes, I had no yes, idea. I did it. And you're like. Well, there are a lot of, there's lots of things we all pronounce oh, wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And oh, yeah. But it, but it's the learning aspect. It's like, oh, or if you like you correct somebody and like, oh, whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, sorry, I wasn't trying to insult you, just so you don't repeat that. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, my one of my new hires talked about um, how he's testing. Oh God, he it wasn't salinity. He said I, it was like something totally off topic, and everyone else was kind of like giggling about him. Like, no, no, you we need to like tell him to correct him, so he doesn't do it again. He's not doing it because he's an idiot. Yeah. He just thought that's how it was pronounced yep. mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and so it's just like I, helping them all yeah like, help oh, each other you know, lift you know each other I mean? up yeah help but it's not like a like a mean evil thing like i know more than you it's like oh you know if, if i was saying something wrong i want something to correct what's the approach yeah, right are exactly you, especially your yeah, employees. are you trying to educate somebody or are you trying to school somebody because those are two very different things yeah. if i'm trying to educate somebody i'm That's trying fair. to elevate their experience i'm trying to have them walk away richer for that experience if i'm trying to school somebody i'm trying to put them down i'm trying to prove that i know more than them and i think that it it it's a detriment to our industry when we approach things like that where um, we approach people from that position of I'm trying to prove and mm-hmm. I think too as a woman right in the industry I'm sure you've always you've run into this where I've had customers who completely disregarded my experience my expertise my um, advice because they didn't mm-hmm. think I knew what I was talking about and I could have gotten really annoyed and mad about it but usually I just let them walk around to all the other employees and slowly work their way back to me <laughs> Yes. I or, used to do that. Yeah, I used to do that in the store. Right? And, and they, they would go straight to the maintenance mm-hmm. guys, straight to the maintenance guys. I would be standing right there with like, you know, mad scientist test kits. And I've got all my water samples. Like I've got my charts. Like I'm sitting there doing it. And they just go straight to the maintenance guy. And they they ask them like a technical question. They would just be like, oh, yeah, she has the best answer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, go yeah. ask Abby. It's like a little walk of shame back to you. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it is the walk of shame, too, because, like, damn it, now I have to, like, okay, I misjudged you. I didn't even say hi. We're all guilty of doing it. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're all guilty of it at some point, but I I do agree with it. Being in the industry for, you know, almost three decades, as I get older, I guess I don't see it as much because I'm 
aging <laughs> and I don't put up with it. But when you're younger, I mean, I got it all the time. I mean, especially with like doing maintenance, you know, I'd be carrying the drugs in. Hey, nice drugs. It's like, really? Like, no one has ever said that. Like, come up with something. You're going to cap. You, know you want I mean? to carry one of these five gallon buckets? Like, here, help me take this. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So now when people are like, oh, did you need some help? I'm like, yeah. Like, oh. Absolutely. Oh, she took me Please up help. on it. <laughs> I when I was new, I was so stubborn about that. Like, no, I, I got this. This is part okay. of my job. I'll dump the bucket. I'll carry the jug. And now I'm like, you, yes, you please, carry please heck do. Yeah, like, please this do. This is my third tank today. Please do. In fact, if you don't out, uh, like ask, I'm gonna be really mad. No. <laughs> <laughs> like my wrist is shot. I need some yeah. help. But I was so uh, stubborn about it at first, and that's like just one of the things that now you're doing it for a while, and you're like. Because mm-hmm, you feel like you have that. to prove yeah. yourself, uh, and, or and there's like mm-hmm. that imposter it's syndrome. True. That's something I it was actually like this year, uh, which is insane. But I had a moment where I like turned to my husband. It was after doing work down in Florida, and I turned to my husband and I was like, "You know what? I actually really do know what I'm talking about when it comes to coral." <laughs> And like, like it was like a weird, and there's so many people out there who know so much more than I do, but it was so like validating to like have that moment. And it was also so crazy to be so far into like this field and my career and to still be having those moments where I'm like, yeah, I do have this. And I like, there's that imposter syndrome where you do have such vast wells of knowledge that you don't appreciate because you're like, well, other people know it or there's someone smarter than me, but like building that trust and that sense of like, feeling good about yourself is so important too and like trusting mm-hmm. what your your knowledge it was just like a really fun moment it? yeah and like talking with hobbyists really want to even learn more yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and talking with the hobbyist too and you you just start having that open conversation and then it's just flowing like whenever i was up there at jen's store earlier this year i was having so that much was fun so awesome. i was having so much fun we needed i, was I wish that so wasn't that was videoed but it wasn't <laughs> that was so fun i i really enjoyed myself we, the lady was so nice that was awesome we could have like literally had we had like a week together selling i could have shut down the store for a month we would have sold out on everything like i it, it, we didn't even plan it like it was just like we were feeding off each other mm-hmm. and customers were getting excited about it and it was it was awesome yeah and because we, we yeah i don't know maybe it's that stereotypical thing when you look at um I, i'll use myself as an example you look at me you look at ted you look at whomever in the store a lot of times you're like they wouldn't think that I would know things. That's just the way that they, like you're saying, they go right to somebody else. But then when you start, and I'm I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, well, you need to ask me because I know everything. Mm -hmm. In fact, I tell people, the day that I say I know everything, run. That's such a good indicator. I feel like I'll I'll never know it all because there's just no way. Anybody who says like they know everything means they're unwilling to learn new things. And I think, like, right. everything's evolving so, constantly. Mm-hmm. There's always new is. things. And new I things mean, the being discovered, there. all of it. But I, I think, too, then people just see the passion. And so then they see that they're like, yeah. oh, okay. You know, like, they just, it doesn't even matter who I am or who's talking at that point. If you're male, female, whatever. They just, like, they're just like, oh, I just want to hear knowledge. I just want to hear things. Mm-hmm. I don't care who tells me. That's, just yeah. tell me things. Mm-hmm. 
that's what I was thinking, like, even after our first podcast is it's really like people are drawn to the passion of it. And if you're humble, you're still learning, but you're passionate about the learning. Mm -hmm. And that's what what attracts people to it. And that's what makes you a good teacher. And you probably have some level of confidence. Like Sarah was talking about, I, when I got into this, I saw the um, job ad. I was actually a waitress and I was, I saw a job ad for aquarium maintenance tech. And I was like, I can do that. I know I can do that. Like I'm going to apply for this job. I didn't know that it was a mostly saltwater store. I'm thinking freshwater in my head, right? But I knew in my head that I could do it. And I and, and what, it, what I mean by that is that I would take what it, I would do what it takes, mm-hmm. do what it takes, do what it took, it took um, to learn what I needed to learn, but that I, I knew I could, could do it. And I think that's what really makes you success, successful is have some confidence in yourself mm-hmm. and show your passion and then keep learning. And, and that's what brings people into the hobby and makes new, new hobbyists and people that come in knowing nothing in the store. That's what makes them stay and learn and keep their tanks and join the rest of the crew. Yeah. Or even try new things. You know, if you thought that, you know, like you only really ever want to do Zoas or if you ever really wanted to do softies. And then there's just that one day where you see like this LPS that just blows your mind and you've always been intimidated by them and you go, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I want to try it. And I, and I loved seeing that so much um, on people's faces because I remember when I had that moment when I became super infatuated with SPS and I started reading everything I possibly could get my hands on about them. And I was like, these are so, so cool. They are so fascinating, but I know I'm not ready for it. But when I am, I am just going to throw myself at it even more than I I could and I enjoy talking you know with so many of my friends that even know more or have uh you know Mm -hmm. bigger more broader uh, collections than I ever did and I'm just like dude I thought I knew a lot you've got more details on certain things than I do and I super enjoyed it because I you know I was like when you get to some SPS you're like 700 gallons if it's dedicated to it that's not very much <laughs> when you start really letting them grow out and stuff. And then you start to see all the mm-hmm. new ones that are being discovered. And, you know, you've got uh, some of the, uh, you know, the blending of others where they've got the different striations and colors because uh, they're growing together and they're just kind of selling those as frags and continuing on with that, uh, you know, like that color line. I don't want to say bloodline, but color line. And you're just like, dude, there's like 20 other variations of this one that I started with. And like, I'll never catch up, but it's awesome that you've got it. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it alive. I know. I'm going to enjoy it in your tank. I live vicariously. (laughs) So one of my like coral dirty secrets is that I have genuinely killed every zoanthid I have ever touched. Um, I, I can't keep a zoanthid alive to save my life. I can keep, Rare and periled coral alive. Can't keep a zoanthid that's alive. In, so I live vicariously through other people's zoanthid colonies where I'm like, I will enjoy the beauty of your beautiful polypy flower color rainbow um, from a distance. I can keep pallies alive, <laughs> just not zoas. I, I'm cursed. I'm like a black thumb just for zoanthids. 
I wonder what it is. Keep your pallies out of here. I wonder. What I it like it. exactly. No, I think in the right. In I did. I like the. I like the old school ones. I like the like the, the brown, cinnamon cup ones. Uh, are really the pretty. big cinnamon, yeah, and then the ones that have the the green that fluoresces on them. The really old school ones, mm, yeah. and then you're just like, man, I can't wait till I have like a big colony of these. And you start with four, and then like eight years later, you got seven. And you're like, yeah, I'm doing great. Which is like the only pally anybody should ever have is the one that grows so slowly it can't cause damage. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think my hate came from the service perspective because I was like, I don't want to touch those things. (laughs) Go get them, Hindafora. Go get them. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's knowing yourself, right? Learning, but understanding that some things might elude you forever. Uh, Like I said. Zoanthids yeah, for me, but everybody yeah, has their me. coral that they just can't keep alive or just doesn't work yeah. for them in their systems. And that's part of the I learning process. I can't do process. pulsing it's, it's three months or less for me. I don't know what it is. Like I will test that tank every day and see nothing change. And then it's just here today and then melted tomorrow. And I'm like, I don't understand. What did I do? You were so happy. You even like jumped from one rock to another and it's over. Like, I don't like people accidentally keep this alive <laughs> constantly. Yeah. I'm like, I've seen you grow in overflows with just streams of water coming over you. You're not even submerged anymore. Like, what is going on? I cannot do this. What was it? I missed it. Which coral? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I can't hey, no judgment. This is a safe is. place. <laughs> Are, yeah, that's the nice are yeah. confession. I don't know what it is. It's clove polyps for me. Yeah. So, clove, clove polyps, polyps is another one that people say, "Oh, really?" What's yours, Jen? Would you like a softball size? Yeah, what's I yours? I don't know. I was just thinking. I'm like, no, they're gonna ask you, and I don't Jen's know. Like, I've actually um, phenomenal. Wow, Jen's just that good. I keep everything. <laughs> yeah. Jen's that good. She's no, that's not. Okay. No, that's not true. So, I definitely. I guess it just changes over. Yeah. I, well, actually, this is true. A tracky. I cannot keep trackies alive. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're. I can't. They're I've tried. I have. I have definitely. I mean, and I've never. Yeah, I just I can't do it. Two years maybe. In your personal tank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it might be different because I haven't I haven't purchased one in a really long time because I'm afraid mm-hmm. of them. Um, even when I brought my wassels back. Um, from Indonesia, I was nervous about them as far as long term, but I learned, you know, the lighting parameters of those and acanthos too. I was afraid of for a little while too, but I'm not anymore now. I, I just had them in the wrong water parameters. So I think maybe that was part of it, but, um, but yeah, I just, there's definitely, I trackies. I just, I, I'm not successful with over time. I'm just not. Hmm. But they're so beautiful, and there's so many beautiful rainbow ones. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I just don't feed them enough, or I'm, my tank's not dirty enough. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, you just so you never know. I think advice to that. Animal. I don't know. Yeah, do I think I just like the higher alkalinity. So Zinnia has it. In the beginning, and then they just slowly just and then they just stop. It yeah, it's not even that. It's like it seems like the tissue, like it's kind of like torches where they just don't have a, like a strong tissue base. And I'm guessing it has likely something to do with the way they shipped in in the beginning anyway and then maybe they just yeah maybe they got damaged enough in the beginning and then i mean because they are just one single polyp so i mm-hmm. mean if they get tissue damage generally it's over. do you do mm-hmm. proactive um, so i'm not sure could... um iodine dips on them Pardon? like a lugal stip on them to proactively yeah, yeah. huh yep it's interesting yeah i glued some oh too. yeah 
like where it recedes, I've I've dipped it and then glued it, and yep, it seems to stop it. But I mean, I just my husband, of course, with his expensive taste on rare things, you know, he he orders like these yellow and pink and whatever, and then I just watch them just fade. Which now, now in hindsight, since it's been many many years, I'm wondering those vibrant colors if they weren't faded to begin with they, oh, they were already yeah aging. oh yeah and that's I mean, very possible so i could have yeah. already had that anyway and then just trying to recover it from that state then i wasn't successful mm-hmm. i don't know they just make me nervous that's fair but that's also showing a massive part of like responsibility that you're just mm-hmm. like i know i can't do it and that's i mean uh, people don't like zinnia, but I'm gonna save whatever polyps that I'm not gonna kill for my keeping. <laughs> They'll be there for somebody. I, I a whole let, bucket. Yeah, I can, I'll send you. you right I'll now. send you like a pound of it. Like that stuff grows like everywhere. It's oh my goodness gracious! And I'll send you is. a whole bunch of zoanthids as well. I'm curious. I wonder if except it's for my grandmaster in my car. <laughs> What'd you say? I I didn't. I missed it. What'd you say? Chelsea, what did you say, Chelsea? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, I was, I was saying I was going to ship out the Anthelia. I have a whole bucket, like, because oh, I came Anthelia. in for this podcast no. from service. <laughs> I have a whole bucket of it in my car right now. And I, I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. So now I'm going to ship it to Abby. <laughs> there you go. Xenia, Anthelia, a trackie, and some zoos. Like, we have the most beautiful yeah. reef tank. We do. Here. It's a terror tank. <laughs> I'm curious, <laughs> though. Like, failure. love to see in the comments what are what are coral that people like that one coral that you yeah. just struggle yeah. with. And yes. What like, is, if you what is really the one that just eluded you? Comment on like your favorite tricks for keeping that coral alive, because I think the best part of this industry Absolutely. is sharing knowledge. And I would love. Yeah. That. Yes. Help me keep a zoa alive. No, but like I think sharing that information is so powerful and meaningful. So I, oh, I'm so sure. curious what people struggle with and the tips and tricks for helping them out. There's someone else out there that I'm can't keep it Xenia like me. I just know it. I, get. I just know it. There's got to be someone. Oh, we're sure. gonna find them. They're gonna be down in the comments. You're not alone. I kill Xenia. <laughs> Somebody <but> else. <laughs> we'll have t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. We did lots of t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. Well, ladies, we made it to our hour. So I I cannot wait to do this again because I feel like we're just now getting the ball rolling and we're all going to get to brainstorm and stuff in between our next episode. So if you guys have any, you know, other types of subject matter that you'd like for us to cover as well during Ladies Takeover, please drop us a comment down below. And we're we're stoked. We're I'm excited to be here. I want to talk about all the things that anybody else wants to talk about. And we're open to any really at all topic when it comes to grief keeping. Help us out. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to see you next time we all decide to get together and sit and hang out. Absolutely. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. Bye.